Good morning, and we are still in 2023. And I know many of you at the start of the year may be involved with your churches in fasting and in prayer. And I pray that each of you, when you come out of your fasting mode, you'll be motivated to work in what the Lord has put on your heart throughout the whole year, not just February, but through December and throughout the year, you'll be gaining more knowledge, um, gaining more compassion and love as we move forward throughout this year, because it's going to be needed in the world that we all live in. But I want to share this morning and want to thank um, uh, many of you who have sent a word or a comment about the podcast. Love it. Love to feel that um, that the Lord is is using me to fulfill a need in your life. So I send you um, thank you for those words of encouragement. So I have something exciting that the Lord has shared with me to share with you. And I, I try my best to share what he puts on my heart to share with each of you on how we can motivate and teach others on the word of God. And I actually didn't realize that I already had this knowledge in my head that I had in business um, and had in grad school that the Lord was just showing how we can make this, you know, a way of building the word and building knowledge within each of us and with family members and even with our kids that are especially those that are still in school and you're looking for a fun activity to do with them. I would assume through your fasting and prayer that a key piece is, Lord, how can you use me to spread your word, to live by example, and to lead more to Christ? And in order to do that, we have to take an action. We have to actually do something. So while I was doing a Bible study, which I believe in the last podcast, I talked about Romans and how special I thought the book of Romans was. And it was kind of how I was starting off my year. And I now feel very confident that it was totally the Lord because this podcast is going to talk about a subject about how we can um, get to the treasure of heaven. And I don't know about you, but treasure, when we think of the word treasure, we may think of monetary, we may think of gold, we may think of jewels, we may think of prestige. But what is our real treasure? At the end of our work, at the end of your two-week workday, your treasure is probably your paycheck. But as a believer in Christ, our treasures are stored in heaven that are forever and ever. Does that make sense? So I want to sh- um, talk about how we can build a map that leads not only ourselves to treasure of heaven, but our friends, our family, people we work with. 
in many conversations, especially today, people are uncomfortable about talking about the word or talking about Christ at the workplace because of various rules on politics and religion, which seems like folks have been breaking the politics one a whole lot lately. But I want to show you a fun way that you can bring learning to your family utilizing your phone, your tablet, your smart TV, on how you can create points um, and really take the word in the direction that it was meant to be, to be something that's living and breathing and something that we can cry about, smile about, um, and let it be part of our daily conversations. And let it apply and be like a Bible study, a living word that is flowing through our family, through our community, and through others who are lost, most of all. So how does this work? I first want you, um, I want to talk about a concept map. And if you're unaware what a concept map is, think of it like a treasure map. Think that if I am using my Google navigation to, um, app, it's going to start off, I have to put in, what's my destination? Where am I? This is all Holy Spirit. Where am I today? And where am I trying to get to? And then it'll show me all of the steps to get to the final destination. Well, in all honesty, we know that our final destination occurs when one or two things happens. Either we live out our life here and we die, or we get caught up in the rapture with Jesus. So we know what our final destination is. But when we start as a believer, let's go way back. When we start, as we can say, we're just babes nursing on milk, right? And what are those paths that we have to understand fully? And I think we lose this. We give a lot of information to new believers, but we really need time for it to sink in. And this is where practice comes into an understanding. So if I'm building a concept map, which where is the first place that, um, and let me, so a concept map, you can make it a diagram. You can make it some kind of graphical or visual tool that represents the relationship between the purpose of this concept map and the ideas that go with it. So you can use boxes, you can use circles, you can use arrows. But and you can what I what I love about this idea is you can use it on your tablet and then um, have that on your screen and you could have family members draw their arrow and you can take it in various directions. So hopefully you can visually and you may need to Replay this with your eyes closed and really visually even listening um, to this word 
to get the key points. So let's just start with, I'm going to start with a clean piece of paper and I'm going to have in my mind that I'm going to draw a map. So as a believer in Christ, in Christ, and I think this is a, a good way to do it if I was meeting someone that I wanted to witness to or talk to about Jesus. So maybe I might start my map and there is no right or wrong way to do this if it makes your message. Your message can be something that's big, as big and conceptual, or it could be a very um, tactical idea. So I'm going to give an example of how, let's just say you were sitting around a table and with your kids and you wanted to do a Bible study with them. So you might start out with the word sin. So I would put sin and circle it. And so then you would think about what do you want to talk about in the area of sin? You could, if we're using, let's say, example, the book of Romans. You might want to use Romans 3.13. You might want to draw an arrow and say, all have sinned. And you have a scripture reference. So now you can actually read that full chapter about all have sinned. What is this reinforcing for you? It's reinforcing when someone says to you that, why do I need Jesus? Or why am I considered a sinner? Now that's one scripture, Romans 3, um, 23. But you can then go and get another scripture that talks about sin, right? About all of sin. So you want to stick to that one subject, all have sinned. So you want to find another area that supports what you're saying, all have sinned, right? So let's say you want to have three. What is that also doing for you? Because when you put this map, you want to keep this map in the end. You want to go off in different areas. And so now you and your group, your family or whatever, and you can make that a game that who can, you know, with your children or your friends, who else knows a scripture that says all have sinned? And whoever can say that, maybe you use points or maybe you use whatever you decide to use. But at the end of the day, it's kind of who gets it first. So after you go through your limits of what you want on all have sinned, and you've got that point, and you've got that point, you like you might have to define, okay, all have sinned, but what is sin? What's considered sin? Why is sin a bad thing? And you might want to then go to the scriptures that talk about what is sin? When did sin begin? Now you're in Genesis. Why did they sin? Ah, it tells on how Eve was deceived or how maybe 
Adam was too willing to just go along with what Eve suggested. You see how this can go into various conversations and to me, and thank you, Holy Spirit, it makes it more interesting than just telling someone, read the word. Just take the book and keep reading. For some people, that will be great. But there's so many different type learners. I'm a tactile learner. I need to write things out. I need to feel it, touch it. But I also like visually learning. So in school, give me a textbook and say, read it. It's like, it's like makes me feel like, shoot me. But if you make it visually in front of me, I can see the, the links. Or if I can draw it or I can touch it. So when these other questions are asked, instead of someone feeling like they have to give the answer, let's find it in the Bible. And guess what's a great tool to use? Google. <laughs> Google is a great tool for finding and just, you know, typing in top scriptures that talk about sin in the Bible. You could do it by version, NLT, NIV, you know, King James, okay? So let's use another branch of this tree and say, the wages of sin is death. After you define what sin is, we can go to Romans 6.23 and talk about the wages of sin is death. Again, you might have the questions of, why did us result in death? Well, think about it. You answered that in the prior bullet. So you already kind of know that. But now you have a different branch level that talks about the wages of sin. Continuing, continuing to live in sin leads to death. And now we have to define what's spiritual death. What's is this death just after I die? Is this I'm going to hell and heaven or the wages of sin? So is death. Aha. So when we continue to be disobedient, is that sin? You see how we get deeper in the subject of sin and why it matters and what it leads, what, what death it could lead to. It could lead to people who get married multiple times and have children or not even get married, but have children in different um, places. What kind of death could that lead to? Sin, I mean, sin, sex out of wedlock, right? Um, depression. What are all the abortion? What are all the different things that sin can lead to anxiety if you're if if lying is a sin what kind of death could that lead to death of friendships so it leads you to be able to dig deeper into finding out what are the key sins that are in the bible in the new testament and you can put those scriptures there so now you know what sin end, sin is, when it began, why being aware of sin is important. And if we don't commit sins, 
What do we get? What way is the treasure leading us? One piece could be, you could talk about happiness, less anxiety, less depression. You can go there and then you can show passage of scriptures that support that. But you can also lead it to Romans 6.23 where it talks about the gift of God is eternal life. Well, I mean, eternal life as a whole a big piece right there. Why would I want eternal life? Then you could have your group of folks come up with what that would mean to them as a discussion. If living the average 70, 80 years, if you're lucky, if you're blessed without sickness and disease in this life is all that you would want, would you not want to live a blessed life now and live eternity? What's eternity? Forever and ever and ever. I can live in joy and live in paradise. You know, I've, I've heard of other religions that talk about paradise as having X amount of virgins. I'm like, really? Is that the best that you could get? I mean, this is for adult conversation. I just don't know how many men would just want virgins all day. I think you'd want somebody with experience. That's just me. Sorry, I diverted. But when we're talking about heaven, we're talking about living with God, living a life of blessings and living through eternity and mansions and go and gold and hey, I'm an ocean person, ocean views. I can think of a lot of things to do in my living in eternity. Okay? So when we think of that, we could think about the how and the why. And imagine the imagination of your children or your family or your spouse and how you get to understand and learn about people. Be great for a Christian singles group. You'd really know um, a little bit more about the person you may be dating and what they think. Okay, so people will be like, okay, I understand sin. I understand what the end of this map looks like, what the treasure is, living in eternity with Christ, but what would I have to do to get this? What do I have to do on this journey, on this treasure map? What are boxes I have to check? Well, one would be Romans 10, 9. If you confess Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Now, if you've got a new believer or someone from another religion, they may ask you, why is it so important to confess the name of Jesus? Aha. Well, then you can go off and show the scriptures that talk about why Jesus, who he is, what he did, what he sacrificed, and why you now have the opportunity for eternal life. So what you're doing, remember, is with all of these branches, arrows, you're drawing your circles. All have sinned. You're drawing your whys and you're drawing other circles and putting the scripture linked with the word that you're saying. Wages of sin is death. You're putting that scripture. The gift of God is eternal life. You're putting the scripture in there. But what are you doing? You're researching, you're writing, you're, and 
and you're repeating those words, how likely is that you're going to remember? You know, some people put a, a lot of emphasis on memorization. But you got to get the concepts and you got to get the idea and you've got to get the understanding and, and all your questions asked. Not just able to quote something, but to get revelation about something. That's why when you draw it and when you look at it and when you review it, you're asking God to give you more insight. Okay? So at the end of the day, when you say, if I confess Jesus, I can be saved. So I'm really, there's going to be no more death, which you can then go into Revelations if you want to with the treasure map leading to how do I know there'll be no more death? Then you can link your scriptures of why there is no more death. But on this path, after you confess, what does your journey look like? What are some of the things that happen on this journey? And that's where all the meat is. Why would I, who would I put my trust in? Why is faith important? Why is hope important? And what does the scripture? So obviously, you're not trying to do this all in one session. But if you're doing a Bible study with your family, you can make this uh, concept map that you do over the whole year. Or you could make it a six month. Because there's so many paths and directions that you can go into that you can make it a very interesting Bible study. And your group or your team or your family can choose which direction they'd like to go into and what they'd like to learn. And then it makes the Bible study setting a lot of fun. And you can have your maps on the wall in your office or in the kids' game room, wherever you decide to do this. You want to hold on to your map. You might want to blow it up. You might want to put colors. You might want to put aha moments that someone in your group got. Maybe um, Elijah or Harry got an aha moment on one of the scriptures. Maybe someone got a breakthrough when you talked about anxiety and the, the wages, the battle of living the Christian life. And why is it considered a battle? And what, in what ways does the enemy come against us the same way he came against Eve in the garden? You see how then your Bible study then links together and helps no matter what age that you're working with or doing this with, it gives them a path to lead on. And this is something you can put or frame and make it your family's journey. As I mentioned, there is no set way to do it. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and your family on a subject. I used sin as an example. You might find addiction or something else. Might be something that you want to lead with. But remember, in doing a concept map, you want it to lead to various areas. That's why when you start with something that is brought as sin, it can take you in many different directions. If you start on manifestations, it'll be a shorter map. Because you might be tempted to go into 
addiction, okay? This happened, you might go the generational path. So you might need a little um, deeper knowledge of if you go to generational path, then you could talk about blessings and curses, but then you need to link those scriptures. Then you could go from what's a curse, what's a blessing. Hopefully that helps you understand if you start general and then let your team branch out, you give a lot more choices of which direction to go and let the family or the team lead because wherever you're leading, you're still heading in the direction of gaining more knowledge about Christ. So I hope this has really helped and, and I hope that it helps motivate you to teach others about the word of God. It helps motivate you on your spiritual path. Maybe this is something you want to do for yourself. But it will help you be prepared to go and concept map something you're struggling with right now. And maybe something you do with your siblings. Maybe you're older and it's something you do over your family because you want to change the direction that your siblings and family members are heading into. I love um, Bible study that's engaging, that can link the history with the today but believe it or not, everything going on today has happened before. Don't ever look at the word as that was then and this is now. Because it's so much what I'm reading in the Old Testament. I can link it to things and people that I know today and myself of what I've thought and done. So as we go into 2023 or whichever year that you're hearing this, know that the word is alive. And breathing and the Holy Spirit is waiting to activate it within your life to help you see clearer to help you hear clearer but most of all help you to live a more fulfilling life with the Lord we can't live with the Lord if we don't have him engaged in our life and you can look at it as spending an hour a day with your family in the evening or 30 minutes and going after one of your circles. Maybe that's what you do as a family after dinner. So I hope that this um, blesses you. I know the Lord gave me this to share with you, to help you influence others. And it's also building your knowledge about the word and about the love of the Lord and how he can use you. People spend a lot of time on social media trying to get likes so they can get recognized. How about we spend our time getting likes for Jesus and getting recognized by heaven? Because those rewards are forever and a day. And it's beyond imagining how much time that is. But to be in the presence of the Lord and to know that we are pleasing to God and that we're operating within our strengths and within our gifts and we're just facilitating a better understanding, answering questions and researching together the treasures and the beauty of our faith. I bless you. And again, if any questions, to shoot them to me. But I pray for you to have a blessed day. God loves you. And let's spread that to everyone that we know and love. Amen.
It's Lisa Hawkins of Christian Warrior Woman, and I welcome you today to an opportunity to understand yourself and how to engage in a bolder and more confident way with Christ. So if you have probably 10 minutes this will take to, to go through this exercise, um, or you can listen to it and then um, stop and then listen to it again and work through it. If you're like me, sometimes I need to hear things more than once to get the full um, grasp of what I need to do. But you might want to pause and get paper and pen at this time. So we have a paper and we have a pen and I want you to do a, a circle, one circle, and make sure it's a circle large enough for you to write within it. If you're like me, I write kind of big, so I know I need to write a big circle. And then um, you can draw an outer circle or you can do the writing in the outer, I'll call it the outer banks. And then you can do your circle around it after. And what I want to share with you today is talk about what's controllable and what's out of our control. Because if you look at how you spend your time, which after we create kind of this, um, this list of goals, you'll see, are you spending your time worrying and fretting? over things that are out of your control or within your control. So what's the outcome goal of this exercise? Is to move you from, I'll say, the outer banks <laughs> to looking at things that you can control. You'll be surprised at how much time you, myself, and others spend on things out of our control. Also, possibly worrying about or anxious about things that are out of our control. When we can be focused and use that energy for things that we can do. And so I really want this for 2023 to be focused on what I'm called to do, what focused on things that build me up with Christ and to reduce the time of things that are out of my control, not to be worried about, to be anxious about, fretful about, scared of, fearful of, whatever other thing that the Bible states that I should not be worried about, let's not waste our time on. So let's take ourselves through this exercise. And, you know, you could do it as a couple, maybe with your husband, or you could do, but I would always recommend, do this first for yourself and then maybe share this exercise with him. And if you're a man, do it for yourself and you can share it with your spouse. So let's talk about the inner, what's in our control with Christ. So what's in your control? One. Now, these are all things within your control when Jesus, when you have, when you're using Christian values um, as the way you live your life. It's not about being perfect. It's about reflecting and looking at things. So as a believer, you may find 
that these things within your grasp, you may be a little out of control with them. But if you're like me now, if you are like me, you're going to find a lot of holes and things you can work on. If you're not like me and probably a little bit more on the perfect side, you're not going to find <laughs> a lot. But let's all be truthful and honest with ourselves. There are things that we need to work on. But I promise I won't tell anyone about you. You don't tell them about me. Okay, so things in my control. First, I would say is what I give my time to. Where I spend my time is within my control. Okay. The next one is how I speak to myself. The messages I tell myself each day, maybe I'm not smart or maybe I'm not pretty or maybe God doesn't hear me or God does has forsaken me. Nobody loves me. Or we could be on the opposite spectrum with I'm the best there ever was, um, et cetera, et cetera. So these are things we can control because what we speak, what comes out of our mouths is what we believe. Okay. The goals I set. You can set goals for yourself. That is within your control. Does that mean that if you miss a goal, that you're wrong, but if you set goals, and the word talks about a man with a plan. Okay. Your boundaries. We all can have boundaries as believers in how people speak to us and the people we engage with, um, respect, uh, the kind of places we'll go, um, socialize, alcohol, all kinds of different things that we have boundaries. Your thoughts and your actions, your, which I go through and state more, your behavior. Is your behavior within your control? Yes, no matter how someone treats you, your behavior is actually within your control. Your behavior of how you speak about others on social media, that's within your behavior. The language, the tone, how you speak to others, that's within your control. How you speak to your children. What gifts you give your children? What gifts you give to others? These are things within your control. Things you decide to believe in are within your control. Your faith. These are things within your control. Hope is within your control. Also, how you spend your time with Christ is within your control. That kind of goes along with the goals you set. And I want you to take this time and you can pause to think about yourself. What are things in your life that are within your control? 
How about how I spend my money? How I treat my body? What I fill uh, my mind with? Do I fill my mind with the word or do I fill it with TikTok or whatever else? You know, everything in life is about balance, right? So think about the things in your life. Do you spend too much in gossiping? Is gossiping something within your control? Jealousy, envy, deceitfulness, lying? Are all these things within your control? And if you remember the exercise I shared about the concept map, some of these things... You might want to do a concept map of things that are in your control and link them to scriptures that you need to remind yourself on, on why this is important. Because of what the word says about uh, what Jesus said, I should state, on how to live and how to engage in a higher level of faith. So let's look at what's out of my control And you can do the same thing with the concept map and find scriptures that show you about who is in control of these because we know it's our Lord and our Savior. So what's out of our control? The past. It's done. The future. Now, I would say the future is somewhat out of my control. And why I say somewhat, which many of you may agree or not agree, is because it's out of control of what might happen tomorrow to me. But I always think of my future as if I'm living a life that's serving Christ, that part of my future, of making heaven my goal and my path and my destiny, then whatever happens tomorrow that still is part of my future. Hopefully that makes sense. But on a whole, your future, you're not in control of the car that might hit you tomorrow or tripping or falling. You're not in control of that, right? The actions of others is out of your control. How much time do we waste on the hurtful actions of others upon us? Others' opinions, what they think about what we're doing or our family or choices we've made. What happens around you is out of your control. What other people think we've talked about and the outcome of my of, of your efforts. And I know I've had to pray about this before, that you feel like you've given you're all to a situation or person and they act like it's no big deal. Like nobody asked you to do that. And I've had to pray and Lord, catch me. It's like, wow, what I went through to help this person to see them through. And then they just flip me off. And then I think of what I sacrificed to help them. But I'm not in control in how I receive it 
on how someone else receives. But what I can hold on to is that I was doing it for God and not the person. Because people don't appreciate in many cases, and I know that causes a lot of church hurt, a lot of relationship hurt. But we have to think that if we did something out of the goodness of our heart or the Lord led us to do it, when the Lord leads us to do something for someone who we may not deem them worthy, (laughs) we have to know that we're being obedient to God and not look for them to be welcoming in their receipt of this gift. How others take care of themselves is out of our control. We can help, we can pray, we can encourage. But what another adult, I always say adult because if they're within my house, I have a little control, not a whole lot, but some. But another adult, as the Lord gave them choices in their salvation, I have to respect someone else's choices as well. I may not like them, might like the choices that they make, but remember what's in my control. I can limit my time, energy around someone else's choices. That's where I have a little control. What Remember, what did I say? What I give my energy toward. So what I'd like you to do with this on what I can control. Oh, maybe we should be like, you know, back in the day, Janet Jackson called it control. Um, <laughs> what we can do is add scriptures to each of these thoughts. I gave you examples, but use your examples for your own life and put scriptures around it. If you're creative, I'm not really good. I'm good with stick figures. If you're creative, maybe you draw yourself or maybe you draw, you know, your head shape or something and you put in your um, thoughts that are within your control and the thoughts without. After you do your without, then you can draw your outer circle. Um, in the Christian Warrior Woman bill, um, book that you can get on Amazon, you will see early on that there is the shape of a woman that I had someone else draw. I wish I had the talent and put some of the things that we need to break the patterns within our lives. But I wanted to share this with you today to remind you on how to focus your time going forward, how to really look at each piece and remind yourself that when this scenario opens up and you attempted to go outside of your control and into God's control or someone else's control, that you catch yourself and you say, you know what, Lord, forgive me for this this is, I'm, I'm in your territory and I give this situation or this person or my thoughts to you. And Lord, help me to stay within my bounds. That's what I pray for because it will eliminate so much disappointment and it will allow you to use your time where the Lord needs you focused. And let's make sure that what we need God to handle that we give to God, that we pray about it. 
we search ourselves and release ourselves of false responsibility for other people. But we use our tongue and our thoughts and our language in our prayers. Have a great day. This is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. The battle is every day, but let's gain strength to make sure each day we win with Jesus and not without.